Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido along with Scoot. Yo! And Johnson. Guido, give me the Liberty Bowl or give me actually any other bowl. Any other bowl. Any other bowl, but we're going to the Liberty Bowl. We said it from the beginning. It was going to be a bowl about car parts and we got a bowl about car parts with Tennessee. So it's us, car parts, Playing Tennessee in Tennessee. That's that's a breakdown. I'm right waiting there on the good part. All right. Well, the good part is we're going to talk basketball first. Okay. Let's just talk. Let's talk about the WVU basketball team for a few minutes, and then we'll go back to football. I'm I'm all for that. Let's You're, do it. Let's do. It. <laughs> Johnson's like, let's do that. I'm all for that. So WVU plays on Friday night. Played Friday night against Iowa State. This is an Iowa State team, by the way. Just to catch everybody up, this is an Iowa State team that lost to K State, Bruce Weber's K State, who lost to an NIA team. So, so you know, that, yeah, that, there's like transitive property wins losses you want to do there. That's not very flattering. Correct. Correct. So WVU beats Iowa State seventy to sixty-five, and I'm going to give you my take on it, Johnson. Now I know. That you know, Scoot's probably waiting for you and I to be like, "Oh, this team, here we go again." He is, and Guido, he is, yes. And Guido's going to go on this whole rant about how they play to their competition. And yes, the sky is falling. Yes, right. But here's the what I'm. The sky go- is falling. Here's what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. I think that this was a good game for this team because it showed us that one, two things. One is WVU didn't give up. The team didn't give up. They kept fighting even when they were down. They they fought against a team, you know, that they they didn't look like they were going to beat with 10 minutes left to go yeah, in the game and right. came back and won it. Two is, and this is probably the bigger point, Deuce McBride is the leader of this team. Deuce McBride in the last 2 minutes of that game pulled us pulled that win out. He's I mean, I don't care what you say. It's Deuce that made that win happen yeah i would agree with that and i so scoot i think too um i think it was actually kind of good to see us win a game where we didn't play so well i mean i i think we're like we've we've been so i agree with everything guido said but then i think we're also seeing that we're afforded the the talent on this team affords us the ability to not play so hot and by not play so hot i mean not make a foul shot in the first half, give up 23 to, uh, you know, a, a guy on Iowa state's team that I thought actually looked really well. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to joke about that too much, but until about five, four minutes to go in this game, I didn't really think we were going to pull this out because of the way we were playing. But like Guido said, we kind of find a way to win. And I think that's, that's a good sign for this team. They can, they can kind of, you know, still pull it together at the end, even if, even when they're not playing all that great. The uh, the the fact that they don't have Tyrese Halliburton any longer, who was a uh, lottery draft pick, um, I think that really shows. I, I'm not fully bought in on the. I don't know what his first is. It Steve Prom Prom, is that his name? Something Prom yeah. Prom. Yeah, Steve Prom. 
I don't yeah. know that I'm fully bought in on him as a coach. However, uh, uh, the Bolton kid, he looks like a uh, – he kind of reminds me of a typical, maybe like a big Big East kind of guard that we would see occasionally from, you know, maybe a nondescript pit team or a Seton Hall or something where, you know, he somehow shoots really well um, and we have a tough time guarding him. Because other than him, they really had nothing else. Yeah, he he definitely drove the drove the bus in that game. I mean, he was he he looked good and he scored the bulk of their points. Yeah, I mean, Razier Bolton played all forty minutes of the game. Like you don't, I was looking at the box score and you don't see that so often. Where you know a, a kid's playing all forty minutes, scores twenty five points. I mean, he he is that team this year. Um, but you know, I think. The, for me, and, and again, you know, you look at this game, and I, you look at – it doesn't show in the box score, but Deuce had a great game. It doesn't show in the box score, but Gabe took like, I don't know, seven or eight dozen charges during the yeah. game. Like how many yeah. how many charges did – even charges that ended up not right. going our way because he was inside that stupid arch thing. Well, arguably, yeah. I mean, he probably should have even had more. And then Derek Culver's being Derek Culver, and he's, you know, he's a double-double guy, and that's what it's going to be. I mean, he's averaging a double-double. He's double-double guy. And so I think that pulling together little things and – just the resiliency of winning this game, you know, winning a game that you didn't look like you were going to win is, is, you know, great for that team. I think what I'm concerned about is, as you play it, and again, this goes back to something I've been talking about nonstop, minus the Richmond game, WVU has been playing to the level of their competition. And this is another one of those examples. Now, what happens, you know, later this week when we play Kansas in Fog Allen do we play to the level of our competition? I kind of hope so. I hope we don't play like we played against Iowa State. I hope we play better than usual. I hate how they do that stupid chant. What are they doing? Hopefully we don't have to hear that on some sort of like loop while we're yeah, there. Yeah, what if that's the noise that they pipe in, Scoot? That will drive me insane. Well, I think as far as this game, I knew that it was going to be a weird game when Scoot opened up our discussion on the text machine with... It looks weird that they didn't pull down the seats. Oh, man. It looked totally weird that they didn't pull down the seats. I have no idea. I mean, I get... Well, first of all, if I was one of the people who paid the 60 bucks for a cardboard cutout, I'd be kind of cranky when there's a national televised game and my cardboard cutout's not pulled down because they were too lazy to pull down the seats. Like, I wonder what the story is there. <laughs> I just knew that that was going to be a weird start. And the fact that we're... 9 p.m. start come on man Yeah, on the like, east coast like that doesn't make sense yeah it'd be one yeah. thing if we were like right. central time zone or something and it was not but like that's a weird and we're nine o'clock again like we've got nine nine again uh, against uh kansas yeah and do you guys think one one interesting thing to me that i you know i i think it'll be interesting to see um how we respond and create the energy and maybe not get affected by the energy in the building that would have normally been there for Kansas don't you think that's interesting that largely in these games the home the home crowd advantage especially in a place like Fog Allen kind of goes out the window I, I mean if we get if we get on a little bit of a run and you know we're we're gelling on offense and defense and stuff and the game's going pretty good the their crowd's not going to be there to I cannot I confirm this, but I've been told that uh, Snoop Dogg and perhaps some um, 
dancers with some uh, nefarious pasts might be uh, in attendance as part of the crowd. Since they can't have uh, spectators, they are bringing in Snoop and uh, some ladies to dance. Well, I mean, they've been there. They've been there before, right? So also, yes, yeah, and also executives from Adidas, I heard, are going to be able to. Yes, free shoes for everybody in the in the fog yeah, I heard that too. On was that Tuesday yeah, right. night? Uh, so, Scoot, one question I wanted to ask you, going back to the Iowa State game, uh, your buddy, your 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 number one player, your point guard extraordinaire. Jordan McCabe uh, played, I don't know, what felt like all of about 33 seconds before Huggins, like, yanked him. Uh, what, what was your Listen, take on that? Everyone has an off day. And <laughs> what I think Huggins was trying to do there was trying to establish a seven-man rotation. Because I think if you looked at the minutes, the I mean, the lion's share of the minutes went to seven guys. Um, when Isaiah Cottrell got a couple minutes here or there. I mean, it was real... Um, it really wasn't spread out. And it to me, and I know we've said this before, but to me, I think that's somewhat of a welcome sight because I think we had some big-time chemistry issues last year when we tried to play 13 guys. Um, I don't know why we tried to do that if we weren't doing uh, – if we weren't playing that press-style defense, why we would – substitute as much as we did last year um so hopefully we're kind of getting out of that i do think we're it's oddly ironic though that we are sort of pressing yet only playing fewer guys so it's kind of a weird paradox of uh it's a pretty impressive word out of me uh a big paradox pretty big word you just tossed out there uh where we are credit to you scoot i appreciate thank you uh we are pressing yet playing fewer people. So is that a testament to their conditioning? Well, I like shortening the bench. I mean, I, I like reeling that in because I think you end up – I kind of think you – and when you do a line change, we've talked about that before, I, sometimes I feel like it mis, it just messes up the flow of the game. So I, I like seeing that. Um, even though I thought Bridges, Cottrell, other people still got in the game, it seemed like just for fewer – you know, lesser stints than maybe they would have in past I still, games, but I, I like I still that. feel like Jalen Bridges hasn't found any footing yet in, in the college game. Um, I think ideally he would be a good handcuff for Emmett Matthews when Emmett is struggling, but I think that's not been available to Coach Huggins this year. I think we've what we've had to do is keep McNeil in the game and go Taz Sherman, McNeil, and Deuce together more than I think probably we would like, mostly because of size, right? So when you go with those three guys, you're definitely playing three guards as opposed to two guards and a wing or, you know, where Emmett or uh, Jalen can kind of spread guys out and they're kind of a tough matchup. So I, I think that's an interesting thing. I, I really like Jalen to kind of step up and maybe get comfortable sooner rather than later, like, before Tuesday. I think one of the things that interests me when I when you look at the stat line and you go down through the box score and again uh, take this all with a grain of salt. It's one game, it's, you know, and like I agree, basketball's not unlike football, you know, there are a lot of games, there's a lot of, you know, ups and downs. I mean, Brent's talked with us about that before, you know, you just you get in the slumps and I I will say that I feel like some of these guys have been in deeper slumps for longer times, but I don't love and I've never loved the plus minus rating stat that you get in box scores. And but the plus minus rating stat for both Jalen Bridges 
and Jordan McCabe were horrific this week. And I mean, Jordan McCabe's was really bad for only playing a minute. Um, I, I just think it's one of those things where the, if these guys, you know, and I, I agree with you, Scoot. I think Huggins was trying to shorten the bench. I think that Huggins, you know, is trying to shorten that bench a little bit in games like this where it's close. And the only concern I have is, is that you have Deuce playing 38 minutes running the point, and I, and I think he did a great job, but, I mean, he still had, what, three turnovers. Um, you know, the assists are still kind of low. Uh, I, I'm just a little concerned about, you know, that's a, that's a very tough position for him to be in to make those decisions when he comes down court, and you're asking him to do it for all 38 minutes. So here's the thing. I think Deuce is not, and we've talked about this, he's not a typical point guard. I think I, I will always think of him as a two guard. And with him playing lots of minutes, what ends up happening is sometimes we see guys like Taz Sherman bringing the ball up, or sometimes we might even see – we don't see it as much out of McNeil, but we do see where uh, occasionally Emmett Matthews will, will bring the ball up just to kind of give Deuce a break from having to handle the ball as much um, because I think you guys would agree there might – be nobody better on our team than catching and shooting than than deuce you know i think right. he does a really good job coming off of screens catching and shooting he's really good at that 15 foot elbow jump shot that a lot of people aren't good at he's got a serious mid-range game which is um kind of a dying thing in basketball well guido i think back to your point about mccabe i you know i think I continue to hate when he plays his way back to the bench because I agree with I think the point you're trying to get at is we're going to need that ball handling. We can't expect especially when teams do decide to press. And I'm kind of surprised they they haven't more because in that early season tournament we saw teams have success pressing us so you can't expect your point guard to be out there for, you know, every single minute of the game. I think that's why you'd want Jordan out there, but I think you can't um you can't raise an eyebrow or be surprised when – so to your point, he came out of the game because he had a turnover. His man then immediately beat him on defense, and he got yanked. And I think with hugs, you can almost see that hook warming up as soon as you get beat on defense. Um, I think the turnover he could actually live with, but I think when you follow it up with something like that, you can just see the hook coming. And then you don't have – then you are back to Deuce because he. I think Hugs feels like I don't have the confidence I need to keep him out there. Well, and we saw it last year with Jordan. He had such a short leash with Huggins. And then, you know, now it's my, – my only concern is so last year you'd see Jordan play – you'd see games where Jordan was playing 13, 17 minutes and you would see, you know, Deuce was playing 18 minutes yeah. or 17 minutes. Right. And it actually started one way at the beginning of the season. It was Jordan was on like the 20-minute side and then it flipped towards the end of the season. But now I just worry that you're seeing – you know, one guy running the point the whole time. And that's not – it's – and I, listen, I'm not – I was never a point guard when I did you play. Know. I'm, I'm not – but no, no, I was not, you know. Uh, big man. Big man throwing the fouls. My job was to foul out before the end of the game. That was what I was – my goal. But, you, you know, that's a, that's a role with the team where there's a lot of decisions that have to be made, and I just think it's – it's an exhausting role to have to play for almost 40 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I agree, but I also think I guess I guess the only counter you might have is to think of people, you know, we've seen it before. We've seen Jawan Staten do it during his tenure. Yeah. We saw um Javon Carter do it during his tenure. So it's certainly possible. I just think it's to your point is valid. It's a just 
the conditioning and the other assumptions that go into having your point guard play that that many minutes and still be effective mentally and decision making at the end. Let of me the ask game. this I mean, question. That's, that's no small. That's no small ask. Is is it an indictment on Kedrian Johnson's ability that Deuce is playing this many minutes? So if if Deuce is playing a lot of minutes, and we know that Jordan McCabe is probably the backup or at least the guy that's going to give him some relief. Is it telling us that Kedrian Johnson's not close at all when he can't even get in when we could use, you know, when, when we know that um, Deuce could either needs to slide over to the two guard or maybe at least a break from bringing the ball up? Yeah. I mean, Scoot, I would say yes, because I don't, I just think it means the opportunities there, but, they feel like Kedrian Johnson's not ready to, to hop in. That would be my right. guess. I mean, I think obviously uh, you look at him, he seems like he can get there, but right now, and I think what we saw in some of those early games when he did get in, you know, they're probably not apparently not uh, confident enough with that yet. And I, I'm the same way. I mean, you know, and this is, if this goes also goes back to, you know, Huggins doesn't like to start these Juco kids their first year into the program, you know? And so I think that even though he was a standout last year in junior college, I think Huggins is just so, you know, it takes, it takes, I don't know if it's warming up or if it's, if it's hard for somebody who's already played at a college level, you know, to move over to Huggins' style. I, I, I don't know, but I don't think he's ready. And I think that's exactly why. And I mean, I also think that Huggins still want, I mean, McCabe is Huggins' guy, and I think Huggins still wants to give McCabe a shot at it, and I just think that every time he does, it, it doesn't end well. I think end it's well. going to be interesting to watch, and we talked about it with Brent, too, because, again, I mean, not to just beat a dead horse, but when we see these teams that decide to press, then I think it just brings all that back up to the surface. I think in on games where we see teams not apply so much pressure, I think we can get away with that, and I have full confidence in Deuce anyway to play the whole game, but yeah, that's got to be exhausting if a team decides to put a lot of pressure. And I wouldn't be surprised if we run into teams like Tech or um, or maybe even Kansas. I don't know. You know, they normally have good defenders. Maybe they turn up the pressure a little bit. Well, I think some other – so I think some other things to look at, you know, when you go down and you look at that game against Iowa State. I mean, aside from, you know, Taz had a little bit of an off game for Taz, but may I tell you – that one where he shot and he followed and he got yeah. the rebound and then made the two like that was that I mean that's what we yeah. need that's you know that's what Taz does well um, so that that was good I mean obviously we talked about Culver uh, you know and his in his double double and I think what can't go without saying is Emmett Matthews had a pretty great game like I it's it's only nine points and it's you know and it was only what one rebound I think total but. It, he looked great out well, there. Well, he looked super confident. Yes. Like he, you know, he looked like he was just super confident the whole game, you know, instead of just patches that we've seen. He looked, he, it reminded me of like when he was playing against Georgetown a few weeks ago. He looked that confident to me. But this goes back to, and this is what we talked about with Josh from Unreasonable Doubt last week on the show field goal percentage. And if this team can get, the, so they shot 38% this week against Iowa State. They need to be in that forty yeah. to forty-five percent. Right. If they're forty-five percent from the field, they're yeah. winning every I game. I feel like that's they're, a win, and that's and I feel like 
you know, this game would have been a blowout if they were at 45%. And so it's just covering that gap a little bit. I mean, again, free throw percentage was a little rough uh, for the first half. We ended, so we we shot 46% from the from the. But foul it was line. a tale of two halves, though, for that, because yeah. first half was super rough. Second half, they actually shot lights out, I felt like. Yeah, so it was, 40, it was 46% in the first half, 81% yeah, in the second half. So crazy. that's crazy. That's that's night and day. Um, and then, of course, there's, uh, you know, the fact that I think that Gabe Osaboyan, and you see this now with the way Huggins puts him in, like Huggins is putting Gabe in in these positions and these roles where it's just defense. And and he and Gabe knows now his role. Like, I think I don't I don't think he ever didn't know his role. But I feel like in the Iowa State game, you saw him accept the role of like, okay, my job is to stand between the the hoop and the guy running towards the hoop and to try to not move my feet. Well, and, that's- and I think, too, I now have – like, so watching this game, I had Josh's comments in the back of my head, too. I think he hit it on the head last week. When he has to take Oscar out because he's either not happy with what he's seeing or maybe Oscar gets into foul trouble, it's – He's now able to insert Gabe in, not as a like a band-aid, but he's able to insert Gabe and like kind of let Gabe do his thing and be really effective. And I think that's that's cool for him. He's getting quality minutes and he really makes it pay off. Like you said, I mean he must have had a million charges in this game. I think what we're seeing is either at the first TV timeout or just before whatever, maybe the first dead ball right before the TV timeout, um, Oscar's coming out. It's, it's almost been that way. I think if you were to look back at every game so far this year, Oscar has been out as, at least at the 16-minute mark. He's out and Gabe goes in. It's I don't know that I've ever seen it where it's the other way around, where it's Derek coming out first. I think it's almost always been Oscar. So I'm curious to see on Tuesday if that trend continues because I think if we see that it happens again, I think maybe that's by design. Maybe that's been scripted out that, you know, Oscar knows, hey, I've got four minutes. See what I can do in four minutes. Then I know I'm going to get a break. And then I'm probably going to come in for either Derek or possibly Gabe. But I think that starts the rotation of the bigs is that four-minute mark where uh, Gabe comes in. So I'll be curious to see if that continues. I'd be really curious to see if it still continues and Oscar's doing well. Right, because up to this point, Oscar really hasn't been like lights out in the first four minutes. He's been so-so. So, a couple other uh, interesting tidbits, Scoot, that you didn't even get a chance chance to bring up during this game. Uh, one is, uh, how about Gary Maxwell, the ref, doesn't even try to wear a mask. He he didn't even go for. He was like, I'm not even going to wear a mask. He didn't even try to wear a mask. <laughs> he was uh, he was Gary Maxwell as he normally does when you see him call a Big Twelve game uh, was. How do I phrase it, Johnson? Theatrical. How do you, how do you, well, (laughs) it's like when you hear the term, I think of a guy like Gary Maxwell when I see people on Twitter saying ref show, because it's like, you know, he's one of those guys like, oh, actually you all showed up to watch me. It's not about the game. I feel like, I feel like it is the, it becomes the Gary Maxwell show. So, uh, it was, that was interesting to see, uh, Huggins wins number 888. So continuing uh, to become the Hall of Famer that he he is. Why is he not in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I I heard someone on a few broadcasts ago, I I don't remember who it was, made the comment that he, he himself had made a comment along the way somewhere that 
he didn't want to hear that talk and he didn't want to be involved in it until he retired. And so they feel like that led to, which I think that's a stretch, but I think someone was trying to equate that as the reason why he's not really in the, you know, like hasn't already been voted in, hasn't already been, but that seems like a stretch. I wonder to me, I don't know this, but to me, I would say maybe it has more to do with sort of how he is to the media. I think those of us that, see him locally when i say locally i mean like you know our uh, west virginia illustrated and robbie insmikowski who used to be with the at&t sports net or whatever where we used to before espn plus they would cover all those non-conference games i think we get hugs personality and we get some of his sarcasm and some of his you know what seems to be like a gristled outer you know shell i don't know that the national media gets that i think they take it for face value now some do i mean some get it like fran frischilla and some of those guys do but i'm talking about you know the the guys that we don't see on a regular basis i mean it's very possible but i feel like you know when you see him talking to like a holly Rowe or somebody i feel like people people get it they have good rapport with him so i maybe a few seasons ago i would have felt like that but these later seasons i kind of don't feel like that anymore i feel like he's warmed up a bit to those folks so i don't know i don't know why else he wouldn't be like there's no way reason anything that would say this guy shouldn't be in the hall of fame or shouldn't have been in the hall of fame five years ago i agree like what what in the world is going on where he's not it's like two wins away from passing Roy Williams, who's probably been in the Hall of Fame for how long now? So, yeah, so we'll find out here. What is it? Into January, beginning of February, where they yeah, announced the, right. the Hall that's of Fame. That's the class. next so we'll, discussion about it. So we'll find that's, out. That's what it'll blow up. Definitely. Definitely. So WVU, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast this week, we released early. We released on Monday evening this week. Uh, so WVU plays on Tuesday evening in the fog, Allen, and then they are off. So WVU then gets a, they get a break until December 29th. So they're off a whole week, uh, there. So they play on Tuesday and then they play the following Tuesday against Buffalo. Uh, the game in fog, Allen against Kansas is on ESPN two 9 PM. So you're going to have to stay up late to watch that one folks. Um, so moving on, let's talk some football guys. WVU, Johnson, you look exhausted like you don't want to talk football. WVU, a couple of things. National Signing Day has happened. Do you have like a sad trombone on the soundboard maybe you could play? I don't – here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to say this about the – and I know your biggest thing is this bowl game that we're playing in. The AutoZone, don't forget to change your oil.com slash – yeah, uh, bowl against uh, Liberty Bowl. It's the Liberty Bowl that is now sponsored by AutoZone against Tennessee, who we've only ever faced one other time back in 2018. Which was like last and, Tuesday and we beat them. And like, why do we have yeah, to do this and, again? Right. Right. And and here's so here's my thing. Um, I, I 100% because so just to pull back the covers a little bit for all you people who think that uh, this bowl thing, these bowl selections is a really big, like secretive thing. It's not ESPN is the one who kind of tells all of these bowls who should be in the bowl. And it's a lot about matchups that will get television results. It's a lot about, you know, what teams, and this is why we didn't get in that guaranteed rate bowl, which 
I think is the two reasons. One is is that it's a ten o'clock. They were talking about putting two Eastern Time Zone teams in a ten o'clock at night, ten fifteen kickoff. You know, in Arizona, a, right? In Arizona, yeah, like it's an Arizona kickoff, so it's ten fifteen Eastern time. Uh, so that's one. And two, two is is I think that ESPN, probably at the urging of the NCAA, has tried to regionalize. Yeah. If you look at some of the bowl selections, it's they've tried to really regionalize their bowl now. That teams I would totally agree with. Yeah. So we're only traveling to Memphis, which I know for some people Memphis might seem like a long way, but it's a very short flight from Morgantown to well, Memphis. Well, I you're the point you're making is valid, but wouldn't you also agree if someone said because I kind of think it's slightly less stupid. Like it's still like it was stupid to get all the way to Arizona. It feels slightly less stupid to go to Tennessee. But at least it is right. I mean, I think with heading to the Liberty Bowl, you can treat it more like an away game like we talked about last show. You know, they can they can get in they can practice, they can play the game, they can get out. Um, they can probably keep it a little more controlled. I think the longer you're flying, the longer, you know, of a distance, you're probably staying longer. You probably have more, um, you know, logistically more things you have to juggle. So, I mean, I, I think it probably does make right. more sense. I, I think for me, the biggest thing is the team that is put with. Yeah. Us. And I, I'm sorry to be so like facetious. I'll, I'll get out of my funk here, but I think for me, it was just, you know, I, we were talking today um, around the, you know, I, I feel like we play in the big yawn conference. You know, I don't really care about any of these teams. I just, I just don't, I'm sorry. And I, it's not that I, I mean, I know the big 12 is good for us. I like the big 12. That's kind of a lie, but I mean, it it's, I really don't care about any of those teams. So when we got to this bold discussion, I was hoping it would be okay, cool. Let's maybe get something of interest here out of that. And this is what they rolled out. I mean, Guido, I texted you earlier. People in Knoxville don't even want to watch Tennessee. So it was just a disappointment to me. I was hoping to get something with a little more, you know. Well, and, and that's I was really kind of hoping when I when I heard it, when it sounded like it was all shifting yesterday when I started reading Twitter and it sounded like we were shifting more to this Liberty Bowl. I was really kind of hoping out of the SEC, you know, we would get. I mean, I would love to have somebody better than, you know, like an LSU, which we weren't going to get, even an Old Miss, which would have been interesting. But even like Kentucky, I think, would have been a more interesting matchup for us as fans. Yeah, we don't play them often. There's a Coach Brown tie-in. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that, yeah. Scoot, how do you feel about this pairing us with Tennessee? Oh, I like I like that we're with an SEC team. I do prefer that. I, I do like that it's, like we said, at least it seems – somewhat of a comfortable foe in the sense that a lot of West Virginians go to Tennessee on vacations and things. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they, you know, have come across some Tennessee fans or they may know some Tennessee fans. So there is a little bit of uh, I don't, not a, like a friendly rivalry or so, you know, not really a rivalry, but you know, there is some competitive juice to that at least. Um, like Johnson said though, like, uh, the Big 12 is killing me. It's it's absolutely killing, I think, all of my interest in in football at the very least because nobody gets excited when we play TCU or some of these other conferences. And I know I'm veering off the rails here, but I am uh, wishing, hoping that COVID somehow would have spurned some some idea of – I don't know, uh, conference realignment. And I don't know that it's happened, but I was, I was hopeful that 
at this point, I'd almost rather be in a conference with Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina. Uh, you give me some other random. <laughs> well, I don't think give I would, me some other I, random well, colleges on the East Coast. I would be more into that. No, I think you're ridiculous. I don't. I mean, you say that, but then you would like. No, it wouldn't be that way. Like you want to, you want to play teams that are good. Like, I mean, granted, the Shants are all the rave this year. But like, come on, like we wouldn't want to be in that conference. Let's let's be honest about it. But I I hear you. Like the and this is college football. This is where we are now. Like it's just it, you know well, it's I, not ideal for us. But at least we're not playing like you know Marshall every week. Well, I think for know? this bowl game though, Guido, the thing that really if I'm it, probably if I take the you know all my dramatics aside, the thing that kind of gets under my skin the most, I think, and I'll see if Scoot agree. I feel like Scoot will agree with me. It's like. And and I maybe some people would argue, well, Johnson, nobody puts that much stock in the bowl game. But I was hoping that, you know, for the season we've had, perhaps you get an opponent in the bowl game that beating them now is a really nice win and a little bit more of a springboard into your next season. You know what I mean? And so when you roll out a three and seven. The Clemson win. Yeah, you know, something like that. I, I'm actually now more concerned if you come out flat and you lose to a team like Tennessee here in this bowl, it, it's almost kind of like, man, now all offseason, everyone's dissecting Coach Brown. Like, whoa, what happened in this game against this lame duck, you know, team? So I, that's what I don't like. Well, and here's the thing. You've had – you have a Tennessee team that I think has had, what, three or four different quarterbacks this year? So Tennessee's a train wreck right now. I mean, they're even in worse shape than they were when we smoked them, what was it, 42-14 to 14 in, in 2018. So – yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's it's not great. Let's talk, though, about some positives with the program. Let's talk about National Signing Day. Coach Brown signs, I don't I didn't even count, but a bunch of new guys. Uh, 16. 16. One of the highest ranked um, signing, signing days we've ever had. We were, we were 41st last year by 247 Sports. This year we moved up to 37. Yeah, 37, I think, which I think, like you said, I'm almost – it's almost one of the highest ever certainly the highest i think since we've been in the big 12 definitely since we've been in the big 12 and and it might be in a long time I, I, you know some of those mid rich rod classes might have been might have been up there too but um some great you know some great signings international <laughs> international signings uh you know we've got to try to get uh, what's his name brian collier is that his name the the guy who does all the international yeah, brandon brandon collier brandon brandon collier yeah who does all the international signings? He gets he he and Coach Brown must have a a good connect because there are uh, there's some international guys up. But are we excited about finally having a quarterback with an awesome nickname? That's what I want to know. Goose Goose is coming to town, boys. I'm excited if if we play him. I think that would be great. I don't want to have a backup <laughs> quarterback named Goose. Scoot Scoot wants to know if he Scoot's like can Goose uh, listen, start the uh, can, can he, he enroll start the early? bowl game? Can we get like him Scoot in early? <laughs> because I'm going to be honest, I'm not I I and I don't like talking badly about a kid. I get it, but Jarrett Daggy, I don't know that he's here. We go again. He's our answer, Scoot. I, he's the answer we got for yeah, now. We'll see what happens the in the spring uh, for this bowl game, Scoot. I hate to I hate yeah, to tell the, you, but he's gonna. He's, I hate to tell you. He's gonna play in yeah, the bowl game. He's your he's guy right now. He might opt out. Maybe he'll opt out. No, I don't. I don't think so. Well, uh, good job, West. You know, a couple of got the number one recruit out of West Virginia, which I think is you know he has continued to say is important. Um, 
for for us. So pulling um, Wyatt Milam. 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 Yes. Milam. Is that Milam? Yep. Milam. Milam. Is that it? Wyatt Milam uh, from Canova. Uh, so awesome signing there. Again, this is second year in a row that Coach Brown has signed the number one recruit in this. Yeah, and so Guido, aren't, I, I know Scoot probably doesn't care about this, but the homer in me gets so excited about that because I love – now you put him next to um, a guy like Zach Frazier, and it's you're building up this massive offensive line of talent with homegrown guys. I think that's super cool. And I, I don't want to feed in – you know, we were talking about this too. There's a lot of chatter out there about maybe um, Doug Nuster had entered the transfer portal from Virginia Tech. I think he's a Spring Mills? Spring Valley. Spring Valley. Same as Wyatt Milam. They're teammates. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I had on my mind. So it, it'll be interesting to see what he does, too. A lot of speculation that he might end up with us after uh, after he enters the... Um, I, so great signing day. Super happy about that. Uh, Do- another couple of other things to announce. Uh, one is Dante uh, Stills has announced that he is going to stay on for his senior season. I get, you know, there was a little bit of, we had said it earlier yeah. in the season too, that, you know, would he go yeah, with his brother sure. into the NFL yeah. draft? Uh, but it's good to see him stay and, and do, and, and I think the uh, the defensive line is glad that he's staying for, for one, one more well, year. Well, and we also and saw then, that Scotty Young um, is eligible to play. He'll be playing in the bowl game, I think, right? Yeah, so Scotty Young, after not playing for over a year, will now play in the bowl game and then be eligible to play uh, again for WVU. So that's good. So there are good things happening. I'm still positive about the program, Johnson. I just think that, and I, I think we all kind of feel the same way. And especially now that basketball started, like, I just think we've, it's been an exhausting year for the football team. It ended super exhausting with senior day getting canceled, the whole Oklahoma game and the ups and downs of the last three weekends of the season. So Hopefully we'll be able to show up to this bowl game. WVU has committed to going, so we're going to play in a bowl game. That game, the Liberty Bowl, is on New Year's Eve at 4 p.m., so it's at least a time that we can watch it, not in the middle of the night. Yeah, and, and I think uh, we're kind of showing how spoiled we are, too. I mean, they, they've juggled a lot of you know th- different things, and they've gotten by a ton of weird obstacles this year. It's probably amazing they even had the season they had. Um, it's disappointing that it's ending with no Oklahoma game and then, um, you know, a, a bowl game that I personally am not too, too excited about. But I'm sure those guys are stoked to get the chance to go to a bowl game. I hope they go and they and they um, and they really dominate, to be honest. That would be great. Well, listen, let's take a quick break. What we'll do is we'll take a break. We'll come back. And we'll do everybody's favorite game show, the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, you can find us on the social media look for us on instagram and twitter you can find us at got your ears on both of those you can also search for us 
on Facebook. Guys, it's time for the number one game show in all of West Virginia podcasts. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. And Scooty is on a heater. He has won the last, what, two Scoot? Yes, that's right. And, uh, and he's pulled that lead. Johnson, uh, a little bit closer now, 15 to 13. If he wins this weekend and he wins next weekend... We have to uh, have a little competition to figure out who this year's winner yeah, is. Yeah, so. and I mean, if uh, you know, if the topics go as they have the last two weeks, then I'm assuming this week it is a mix of things Scoot did today uh, or <laughs> foods Scoot likes to eat, something of that nature. Topics about cheese. It's uh, no, it's not about cheese this week. It would not, that would be right, but no. Last week Scoot won about Connecticut, which was a little bit of a. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a little bit of a skew. This week scoot. better be uh, topics about Berkeley County. Well, we'll find Th- out. This week is not. This week is topics. Uh, the topic is uh, Christmas movies. It's the holiday season, boys. It's Christmas week, so let's see what you guys know about some of the greatest Christmas movies that are. I out immediately there feel at a disadvantage. You should you should feel that way because Scoots has an encyclopedic knowledge. Of TV and like pop stuff, so I'm at a disadvantage. That's correct, Scooty. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Like, what's your go-to? Well, that's a good question. Christmas movie. Um, Four Christmases, I think, is my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Starring, yeah, starring Reese uh, Witherspoon and uh, Vince Vaughn. Johnson, what about you? What's your What's your Christmas go-to movie? Right now, um, with the kids, it's a movie called Arthur Christmas. Arthur. Uh, I don't, I don't know, know this film. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's an animated, and like they cackle and laugh at it, and that makes me laugh. So right now, that's Arthur, like the like the Aardvark. No, Arthur? no, no. It's uh, no. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to check it out. It, it's I gotta uh, check. I gotta yeah. Check this it's out. it's a good one. It's funny. Uh, so yeah. So I'm a I'm an elf guy. I like the movie. Oh yeah, that's a fave of it's, mine. It's classic. Yeah. It's classic. So, anyways, guys. So this is, this is how it works. Uh, five points for a correct answer, 10 points for a steal, and Final Bluff's always worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a, if you watched on Twitch, you would know this, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and Johnson, you came out on top again this week. Congratulations. Sweet. Congratulations. Scooty, you don't seem as uh, frustrated by that as you used well, to. Well, when it's written into the script 18 times in a row, it's hard to, it's hard to show different emotion. See, I think it's bad because it gives you the first potential steal. It puts a lot of pressure on me on the first one. It it does. It does. All right. Here you go, Johnson. First question off to you. Bluff the Fluffs. Here we go. What state does the 1983 movie A Christmas Story take place in? Is it Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Uh, let's see. The state I had in mind is one that you mentioned. So I guess I'll go with my gut and I'll say Pennsylvania. Ooh, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. That's incorrect. Scooty for 10 points and the steal. Is it Ohio, Michigan, or Indiana? Interesting enough, Guido. Uh, it is set in the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio, and you can still go there and see the actual house that they used for the, uh, setting it's actually incorrect (laughs) what (laughs) i mean it was filmed it was filmed in cleveland ohio but it was set in indiana just outside of Terre haute i feel like that's i feel like that's a trap question 
That's garbage. It is a trap. Garbage. It was filmed in Cleveland. It was filmed, and you're right. There is a museum. You can go still go see it outside this of Cleveland. The original garbage. House. But if you look, like in the scene where the tire goes flat and they have to change the tire, the license plate is Indiana. It takes place. In oh, screw the bumpuses. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody gets Remember any points the lamp on that. Scoot was fragile. Yeah, it's Italian. Fragile must be Italian. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, nobody gets any points on that first one. Next one is back to you, Scoot. In National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, what did Clark Griswold do for a living? Was he a swimming pool designer, a food additive designer, an advertising executive, or corporate credit analyst? That's that's a good question. I've got two in mind. Um. I believe he was a food additive designer. That is correct. That is correct. Remember, he was making some sort of additive that he sprayed on the cereal so it kept its crunch, and that's what he used on the sleds yeah. when he went down the hill. Yes. Good job, Scoot. That's that's another great Christmas oh, yeah. movie. All right, Scoot takes the lead right there, Johnson. Five to nothing over you, but this question is back to you. In the Will Ferrell classic, Elf, what was the name of the engine that powered Santa's sleigh? Was it the Reindeer 450, the Kringle 3000, the Elfie 500, or the Santa V6? I believe, Guido, that it was the Kringle 3000. That's correct, the Kringle 3000. Because he had to wow. like dramatically get under the hood and work on it, right? I mean, he had to yeah, like right. fix he had to try, it. Yeah, Guido, I have a question. Okay, uh, I've noticed that our crowd sounds very sparse. Is that due Listen. to COVID restrictions? Maybe, maybe it's COVID restrictions. We get more people in the Twitch. Maybe it sound a little. Uh, I mean, I'm just crowd. concerned because I mean, prior to COVID, we still had the same amount of crowd in the in the studio audience. I'm just. When are we going to start getting those big crowds? <laughs> if this is the hottest game show sweeping the nation, I don't know. When we start getting the more down, when you start, we we gotta get more downloads. You gotta you gotta like, okay. listen, like, and share, folks. We gotta get the crowd will get bigger the more downloads we get. All right, here we go. So, uh, congratulations, Johnson. You got that one. Scoot. This next one is back to you. In the Frank Capra classic, "It's a Wonderful Life," what was the name of George Bailey's guardian angel? Was it? Francis Fingerbomb, Clarence Oddbody, Randolph Potter, or Willie Ramshackle? Oh, that's an easy one. Clarence Oddbody. Easy one. Oh, that's good. I, I thought, Scoob, I was a little concerned. I didn't think you would get that no, no, one. No, no. I, come, come on, on man. You, Softball. Scoob, do you watch old movies? Though? I watch I everything. Mean, if it's black and white, you name it. I don't think Scoob, what? If it's black and Listen, white, Listen, I had you a black it? and white TV, son. That's all I saw. <laughs> for years still got the black and white tv saw everything right? in black and white and listen i don't ever want to i don't ever want you to see like uh i don't want you to ever say francis finger balm or whatever you just <laughs> said ever saying. again okay uh, you didn't like that one uh. <laughs> i had fun making up the names for that one all right so scooty gets that one right he takes a lead of 10 to 5 over johnson and johnson this next question is back to you in the 1988 Christmas movie classic Ernest Saves Christmas, what was Ernest's occupation? Was he Santa's helper, a lawyer, a taxi driver, or a train conductor? Okay, first of all, 
No one knows the answer to this except Scoot. Second, Scoot gets clearance, and I get this question. Um, so let the record show my protest. Uh, secondly, I feel like you weren't a fan of the Ernest movies. I know of the Ernest movies, but like Ernest is sort of like the "Where's the Beef" lady. Like you know it happened, but I don't know details. Like, come on, man. Like, um. I'm going to go with a taxi driver. That's correct. Taxi driver is the right answer. And I, Scoot, would you have gotten that? I would have guessed probably taxi driver. Uh, I don't know that I knew. I knew he wasn't a lawyer and I knew he wasn't Santa's helper. So, I mean, I kind of had narrowed down some things. Know what I mean, law? <laughs> Know what I mean? <laughs> know what I mean, Santa? Know what I mean, Santa? And did Vern actually exist? We never saw Vern, no, right? I don't, I don't no, ever I don't recall think we, seeing I don't Vern. Think, I think we ever saw Vern. All right. All right, well, Johnson gets that question right uh, about an Ernest movie, so congratulations on that, Johnson. I mean, honestly. You can put that on your gravestone, you know. Uh, Scoot, here we go. Final question before final bluff. Uh, so it's back to you. We're currently tied up 10 to 10. Scooty. In Scoot's favorite Christmas movie of all time, the 1996 Arnold Schwarzenegger classic Jingle All the Way. Can we really call it a classic? I mean, it, I mean Arnold Schwarzenegger's okay. in it. It's a, if you want right. to call it a classic. It's a it's Sinbad. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger in Sinbad in a movie. I mean. Oh, well, okay. now that you said Can you Sinbad, get any more classic than that? <laughs> what was the name of the toy that he was trying to get his son? All right. It was one of those like. You had to fight for the toy at Christmas yeah. time kind of movies. Was it Rocket Man Randy, General America Man, Astro Andy, or Turbo Man? Mm. That's tough. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, I'm going to go with Turbo Man. That's correct. Congratulations. Wow. Who was Scoots on the creative team for Jingle All the Way? They came up with Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Scoot, give me a get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> you have to get uh, to the chopper. I cannot get to the chopper. It was 90 minutes of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad running all over New York City to try to get uh, this. Jamie Lee Curtis, was she in that movie as well, I believe? Um, I feel like she might have been the, the romantic movie? interest for... Arnold, I don't, I don't know. I can tell. I can probably honestly say that I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. Or maybe that's True Lies. Yeah, I think you're thinking True Lies. <laughs> Very similar to Jingle All the Way. Uh, the Very also a Christmas classic, True Lies. The other also a classic. Also a classic. All right, as we go into as we go into final bluff, Scooty does have a lead, but it's a slim one, fifteen to ten. So whoever can get this question right will be the winner of this week. And Johnson, if you win it. That's it. You, Scooty, you're the 2020 Bluff the Fluff champion. So, a lot of pressure on you here. As we always do, we ask you guys to have buzzers for final bluff. Guys, what are your buzzers this week, Scooty? Fragile. Fragile. It must be Italian. I like it. I like it. Johnson? Know what I mean? No. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to not let me down on that, uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Next week's quiz, by the way, if uh, Ernest goes to camp. yeah, next week's will just be a quiz about <laughs> Ernest Goes to Camp. That's what it'll be. Nothing but Ernest Goes to Camp questions. All right, here you go. Final bluff. Don't forget to buzz in. Winner take all. Which of these Christmas movies was not filmed in West Virginia? Was it Feast of the Seven Fishes, 
Megan's Christmas Miracle, a Christmas Tree Miracle, or the Christmas Coal Mine Miracle? Know what I mean? Oh, Johnson comes in early. Can I get? Can I get the? I just want to double check my thoughts here. Can you just give me those answers again? Absolutely. Thank you, I'll give you the. I'll give you the names again. Feast of the Seven Fishes, which uh, starred Joe Pantaleone. Um, it was about uh, seven Italian fishes. family. Yeah. Yep, seven fishes. Uh, Megan's fish. Christmas. Mi- Megan's Christmas Miracle, which starred uh, Dean Cain. In oh, case you were wondering, Superman Dean yeah, Cain. Superman. It's former Superman Dean Cain. A Christmas Tree Miracle, which I don't know who that was starring. I don't think it starred anybody. Um, and a Christmas coal mine miracle, which starred Kurt Russell. Oh, uh, I'm going to go with, feels like the one that should have been there probably wasn't the coal mine with Kurt Russell. That, that answer. I'm going to go with that. And Johnson is the 2020 bluff the fluffs champion as he beats scoot with the final question. That was kind of the Hail Mary scoot. Kurt Russell. Truth be told, I forgot what my buzzer was, so I couldn't <laughs> ring in because I could not remember, and I was afraid that I'd Come be ringing on, in with something man. that was not my buzzer, and you would have disallowed <laughs> I would have just made me. fun of you. Oh, man. You lost 2020 Bluff the Fluffs just because of that? Uh, well, I don't know that I would have guessed correctly, but I couldn't buzz in anyway because I could not remember my buzzer. <laughs> So wait, all those other movies were filmed in West Virginia. All those, all those other movies were filmed in West Virginia. I knew Virginia, the Seven yes. Fishes one because you've talked about that before. I've talked about it, but before, the other right? two yeah, I didn't know that. Time. So Dean Cain was yeah. in the Three Hundred Four. Yeah, I don't know that that's really a great thing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> exactly. I'm just, I'm just saying that's noteworthy. This year in December, they actually filmed a sequel to the Megan's Christmas Miracle with Dean Cain. There's a sequel that they filmed. That is coming out. They filmed it in Clarksburg. In order uh, for so. a sequel to happen, you would think that the first one must have been deemed a success. Yeah, pretty yeah, pretty popular. Or and something. I right. would say uh, I had never heard of the first one until tonight. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> hey, but could you name any of those Hallmark Christmas movies? No. Are, are, you, are you you sitting at home watching those? No, my parents no. The wife, could. The wife not making you watching them? My parents could. Well, congratulations, Johnson. You are the 2020 Bluff the Fluffs champion. You, you, Scoot, nice comeback. Nice try. You were down at one point by, I think, like seven or eight games, and you came back to shorten that lead up for Johnson. But it was just insurmountable. Congratulations, uh, Johnson. It feels good. It feels good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, i like to thank my mom and dad. Uh, I'd like to thank Guido for uh, all those great questions. I'd like to thank Scoot for kind of stinking it up the first part of the year. And, uh, yeah, I'm honored. I'm honored to take the first championship home. Congrats. Congrats on that. Scoot, sorry for your loss. How do you feel for Johnson? Uh, well, uh, let me – hold on. Let me look at my script here. Um, we uh, would like to tip our hat to Johnson. Uh, we uh, struggled in all three phases of the game. Um, it just wasn't our day today. And off bluff, uh, deep bluff, and special bluff, and uh, special bluff. You know he he's a competitor. He came to play. I uh, don't want to take anything away from his win. Uh, you know we just uh, we had an off day, and that's not an excuse. We don't like to make excuses here. But uh, we're gonna have to get back to work and uh, look to move forward. All right, next year, Scoot, 2021 is just around the corner. Maybe it'll be better for you. So congratulations on the COVID win there, Johnson. All right, well, listen, let's take a break. We'll be back with uh, with giving out 
well, you know, it's, it's a giving time of year. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what we can do. The three of us, us got your ears on guys, what we can do to give this year. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to got your ears on. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio you'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. You can find everything there about us and also links to our merch section, Johnson. Yeah, that's right, all on the site. So I don't know if you can still get it shipped by Christmas, Guido. Maybe you can. I think it's a negative no. Um, but hey, look, go ahead and start thinking about next year's Christmas list. Click the link. Go to the merch store. You can check out the new Pullover Guy shirts. You can check out the fanny packs that Scoot loves that Solheim probably bought all of. Um, you can also check out the latest show. We'll post it there in the blog with all the show notes and links to stuff we talked about. Probably some stuff we didn't even talk about. Uh, and then you can listen to the show through the tune in link right in the sidebar of the page. So check it out. Well, I'm sure... I'm sure many of you will be getting uh, either gift cards or checks from Aunt Roberta for Christmas because of COVID and they don't want to go out shopping. What better way to spend your Christmas check from Aunt Roberta than put it in on some GYEO merchandise? I pull over, guys. I agree. I agree. Although Scoot's the only person that still deals with checks. Yes, that's true. That's true. No, no, no. That's not true. Scoot's like, I get this uh, gift card. How does a gift card work, Listen. guys? That's when he calls you, Johnson. He's like, Johnson, I got a gift card for Amazon. What's Amazon? Checks are going to make a comeback. <laughs> checks are going to make a comeback. Scoot still oh, likes man. to go and have his uh, credit card run through the chunk chunk, like yes. the um, card yeah, like uh, where you duplicate get the three machine. copies and he wants like his yes. yellow copy. Yes, that's what he wants. <laughs> so anyways, long story short, guys, check out our website. Go to our merch section, gotyourearson.com, buy a pullover guy t-shirt. And, uh, you know, what's the next big holiday? Valentine's Day. Fanny get for packs coming in for- soon for Valentine's Day. Va- Valentine's Day. Special fanny packs for Valentine's Day. Check it out. Got your ears on dot well guys what we're gonna do this week uh no no can't believe my ears you know no extra talk we're gonna give out some christmas gifts and we like to do that once a year we like to talk about all of our loving members of the west virginia world wvu fans and coaches and staff and players and we like to give out some gifts so we'll just take turns here guys we'll talk about some gifts that we want to we want to give out to everybody johnson I'll let you go first. Who who would you like to give a gift well, to? Well, the first one I wrote down, this is in really no particular order, and I guess we'll get to each of them, but the first one I wrote down because I was in a salty, bad mood, actually with all of these that I wrote down, so <laughs> I wrote down Tyke Smith. I would like to give Tyke Smith a gift because he has gotten royally robbed by the Big Yawn Conference by not getting uh, acknowledged for his spectacular defensive play this year. He was completely left off. Uh, all of the Big 12 accolades on the defensive side of the ball. And I think when you are rated nationally as one of the top 
defensive backs in the country, yet your conference leaves you off. I don't even think he got an honor. Did he get an honorable he mention? Did, I don't think so. Um, no, to me, that is just that is just blasphemy. I would like to give Tyke Smith a gift this Christmas because he deserves one. He deserves to be recognized by the conference. Nice. I like it. I like it. I think it's a well-deserved gift. Scoot, who, who do you have a gift well, for? Well, on a more serious note, I would like to gift uh, head coach Neil Brown a gift. Okay. Okay. I would like to gift him with a haircut, a flat top. I'd like to see what that mop looks like with a flat top and that visor. You feel like you want you high and tight, high and tight with the I want to see, yes. I would like to see Coach Brown with a flat top in a visor. Okay. I like it. Uh, I don't think that's something that he would accept as a gift. He'd probably say thank you and then re-gift it yeah, next year. He's going to re-gift uh, that. But that's very, I guess, thoughtful of you. Um, I'll go next. I want to give a gift to a Mountaineer that we didn't get to see finish out his career in Morgantown, a Fairmont guy who I, I love because I'm a Fairmont guy, uh, Darius Stills, who was on the show last year, which we loved him on the show, even though we all got in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Darius. <laughs> but he was a really good guy about it. So. You were a good guy about it. I apologize. We didn't know. We were still new to the podcast game. We did get in trouble for that, though. But And we got lots of phone calls <laughs> and whatever you get when you break right. cease and desists uh, and WVU rules. Stop doing yes. what you're doing. Don't don't have Yeah, guys, stop doing what you're doing. Anyways, Darius, thanks for being on the show last year. We appreciate that. And for Christmas this year, and we appreciate all that you've done for us. I, I'm giving Darius a wallet for Christmas because he's going to need it when he gets drafted yes. in the second round, is my guess, and gets paid this year, and he's going to get paid. Yes, so that's good for that, him. Rooting for him to do definitely. That. So Darius gets a wallet from from me. Uh, Johnson, what do you got? What do you got next? I'll let okay, you go. well, Scoot, in the second installment of my salty Christmas gifts, <laughs> I wrote down. I would like to. So we've had some fun with Gerard Parker. We, may we, may we, um, Scoot uh, coined the uh, air raid, the air French raid um, early in the season. I would like to gift him an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper because I think that would be larger than apparently the index card he currently writes his offensive play calls on. You are salty. You are so salty. That is that is salty. because I want to see more. I want to see You're so salty. I want to see us go down the field. I want to see us have some more exciting plays on the Listen. offensive side of the ball. And Scoot, I directed this to you because I thought I'd have an ally in you. Are you going to attack you? Me on no, this no, no, now? no, no. I'm just saying when I attack our quarterback room, I don't want to have any more heat on me because that's the same ball of wax. It's the same. It's I think yeah, maybe but his you know my no, his index not... card is small because he who's he's got running the things on the <laughs> index card. Well, but I don't I don't like I don't want to be critical of the players. I feel like you can be a little bit more critical of the coaches. So that's okay, why, that's where I pointed it. Well, I okay. will well, agree with that. I think, sure, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. That's fair. So uh, now Scooty's got a gift to give, and I'm a little worried that it might be critical of a player. So, Scoot, what are you giving uh, for a gift? Well, no, this is uh, for our, our dear, dearly beloved basketball coach. Um, as you Huggy are Bear. aware that he uh, operates with a stool on yes, the sideline. Right. Correct. I would right. like to get him a revamped stool with a back to it. Okay. 
I feel that the stool that he's operating, it's got to be bad on his back. Hunched? You feel okay. like he's kind of yeah, like, like I think like he's if on... he had a back to the stool, he could kind of get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Perhaps he well, would be a little bit more friendly with the referees. I don't know that that would change anything, but um, maybe instead of a stool, we get some sort of uh, lightweight recliner. On wheels? On <laughs> yeah. Maybe. That would be a wheelchair. That turns into a wheelchair. I mean, I'm just trying to like put this together in my mind. Maybe um, he's sitting on the sideline with a, in a yeah. lazy boy. Is that what we're well, talking about I, here? I think it would be a lot more comfortable. Does it have a cup holder? Yes, that would be great. You have a place for the remote to he go? Would, he would get a cup holder for his nondescript, unlabeled bottles of water that he drinks because apparently he does not have the... Uh, the uh, endorsements <laughs> coming in with uh, Dasani or they have to take all the labels. Aquafina, he takes the labels off. Do you think he does that because he is not <laughs> uh, being paid to endorse those, or so that somebody like uh, Jared Eilert doesn't drink his water? Well, I think it's Josh Eilert. Josh Eilert, yeah. Sorry, Josh. Eilert. But yes, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where to oh. go with that. So, like, I, I mean, a, I think they don't even like you to have. They don't even like you to take up space or walk too far in the coach's box. So I feel like if you have a big, puffy-armed, lazy boy recliner, that maybe would not be conducive to the Would he not be happier? I mean, yes, I agree with you. He would be happier. More comfortable. I mean, can he's got to be a lot happier sitting can, in the recliner. Can you imagine, like, you're reclined back and he's, like, yelling at DC. He's like, get over here. He's like, <laughs> he's like. <laughs> Listen, he'd be a lot happier sitting in that recliner then he would be tandem skydiving with Guido, <laughs> which is, which, yes. which is, which, yes. which is something we've yes. talked about which before. We yeah. Well, I've, uh, I've got another one I'll, I'll give out here. Uh, this is one for somebody who's kind of close to our heart guys, the three of us, uh, Brett Solheim, who has, you know, graciously decided to join us off and on throughout basketball season. He'll be on in another, I think week or two uh, with us. He's going to be on, uh, as the season kicks more into gear, yep. more and more often. So I, I feel like we des- he, we we have to give him a gift for helping us out. And so the gift that I, I'm giving to him this year is a year's supply of ibuprofen because he's going to have a lot of headaches after trying to listen to us talk about WVU basketball, especially me and Johnson with our whole, oh, the sky is falling yes. sort of mentality. Classic Mountaineer so. fan, I feel like. Stance. Yeah, I feel like we're yeah that classic Mountaineer yes. fan stance, and as a player, I think he's gonna have to be like, oh, God, these guys are just driving me crazy. Let me give me some pop those pop those ibuprofen. So uh, that's that's yeah, what I think. I he think to, that to, he to could Mr. make Solheim. yeah he could make good use of those. <laughs> All right, Johnson. Uh, one more gift to person. One more gift around. There, yeah. So uh, again, apparently in my this is gift three in what has become apparently my salty uh, twenty twenty gifts. Um, I'd like to give. All the WVU fans out there, Scoot, a meaningful football game because they haven't gotten one all season (laughs) and they're not really getting one in this bowl game. I'd like to gift them a meaningful game, maybe in 2021 and some schedules uh, in the Christmases to come. We will get we right. will get some more meaningful we'll games. The, it's a, it's one of those gifts that you get. You, it's like when you're it's like when you get like a bike at Christmas time, but you can't ride it until the spring because it's freezing <laughs> right. outside. Yes. That's that's the gift you're giving us. Yes. Like you know, a gift of a good game, but you're not going to get it until like fall of twenty one. Right. Yeah, you'll have to enjoy it later. Right. Okay, I I can see that. Scooty, what do you got? 
Well, Johnson, I thought you were going to steal my gift, um, and uh, I would like to give all of our football fans uh, something that they would cherish for the rest of their lives. Okay. Something that uh, would put a smile on everyone's face and give each and every one of them a little bit of glimmer of hope for the okay. upcoming school or school year. I say upcoming, right, right. for the upcoming uh, year. I'd like to give everyone an 8x10 glossy headshot autographed by me. Of me. <laughs> Scoot, we're trying to gain listeners, not lose them. Is I think that, that because think they would... can't see your face because of your suddenly problems right now? So you need to remind <laughs> them what you look like? But listen, your I would be a uh, perfect addition to everyone's man cave. Suitable for framing. <laughs> Uh, I can personalize the autographs if you'd like. What are you doing? Like, what is this? Is this just a headshot or is this just like a headshot? Just shot? a headshot. No, I think it's one of those Sears Black and portrait white. studios where oh, it's, I have it's the... Scoot looking into the camera in one. And then one that's like a looking off in the yes. distance silhouette. Like a profile I could do that. Like an Olin Mills. Uh, yes. Yeah, I could do that. I like, I like that. I like My that thought idea. was black and white glossy, but. Your ideas may be better. <laughs> yeah. And and you think the fans will appreciate appreciate you giving Yes, because I give everyone hope. Okay. That, that's good. Um, well, I'm going to give a, a gift to uh, the president of our university, uh, E. Gordon Gee. I'm going to give him a uh, COVID mask to okay. wear. Because apparently there were some issues this year with him going out in public and not wearing the mask and people getting upset and angry about it. So maybe a nice like COVID mask with WV on it or a bow wasn't he tie like in the chip or aisle or something? He, like yeah, he took he was, like, like a selfie. Chips did he take yes. a selfie with himself with no, chips or did something get a, Well, I don't think so. I think no. I think there were there were other people yeah. who were taking pictures of him in okay. the in the chip yes. aisle of a CVS. Because I was gonna say if he was he, taking I, pictures of selfies with chips, that's a little weird. Hey man, he found some Mr. B's. He got and it. He yeah. was I, I, maybe it was Mr. B's. I think he was actually looking at one of those like uh, those hoity-toity uh, popcorns. Oh, popcorners, like, yeah, yeah, popcorners <laughs> or one of those, right? Skinny pops. Skinny pops. Maybe he had some triscuits. Hey now, hey now, hey now. Easy with the triscuits. Easy with the triscuits, Johnson. We know how that affects Scoot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So listen, guys, we really appreciate it. We're going to do one more show this year. Don't worry. we got a show next week, and we'll thank you again. But we really appreciate everybody listening. This has been our biggest year, uh, a crazy amount of downloads this year. We never would have expected what we've gotten, and uh, we appreciate all the love and support and everything from everybody. Yes. So, uh, But don't forget, we still need you. Listen, like, share, tell people to download. Uh, we like our podcast. We're just three jamokes talking about WVU sports and sometimes whatever – cheese scooty is eating this week uh so yeah, colby jack colby jack i'm a it's you know it's getting towards christmas so it's more of like a fontana Asiago we might get into a cheese ball speaking of which i do like a cheese ball well and guido i'd like just to say really quick i mean we can we can also maybe maybe say it really quick on next week's show but i think we fashion the show around uh three friends kind of talking about wvu because that's what we like to do and so we hope when people listen it's like an extension of that and you know it's like you know people feel like they're you know they're listening to us they're listening to friends talk about wvu that's what we that's what we like the show to be you guys are getting all sentimental here listen man listen well, it's into the we're reflecting scoot where it's a you guys are getting in your feels as the kids say uh, unlike unlike us scooty 
we're appreciative of yes. our listeners. We're appreciative of the guys. I want people to listen. Here's, here's what I'll tell everyone. I want people to listen to us because I think we're freaking hilarious. <laughs> yes, Scoots. Okay. Well, think uh, we're right. Scoots, Let me, really. I'll we restate that. I want people to listen to us because I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> well, it's it's an but, end of the year reflective time, and I think Guido's yeah, right. Man. Like we're we're really appreciative of people that have hung out with us. You and guys downloaded. are yeah, getting all emotional. Guido, when you uh, when you do some production to this uh, episode, can you please put some like uh, sentimental music in the background while you guys are uh, reading off your swan songs here for the upcoming year or the the past year? I'm just being appreciative. We we get thousands of downloads now. We get people listening to us. It's 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 awesome to have these people like I mean that are interacting with us in the Twitch chat right now as we go live. The people who interact with us on you know like Jeremy Kreitz, Listen. who's uh, like he's always in our ear. We appreciate yeah. that. We're just saying thanks. We're just saying we're just thanks, saying man. Thanks. Like we're appreciative to these people. You, you, on the other hand, expect them to listen to us. Oh, Johnson geez. and I are Here appreciative. We Here we I'm go. Just now saying. you're going to try to make me look like the bad guy when you guys are getting all emotional. The bad guy peddling uh, <laughs> eight by ten glossies of himself as Christmas gifts to fans. Yes. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. All right. Well, anyways, thanks for everybody for listening. Please don't forget to listen, like, share, tell people on Facebook, social media, tell your family this week at the Christmas table during dinner that you probably shouldn't be having because of COVID. But when you're all together opening up gifts, thank them and tell them they should listen to Got Your Ears On, a podcast about West Virginia University sports. And it's got the number one game show in any West Virginia podcast out there. So. There are no game shows that are ranked higher than our game show. I mean, that's fact. I'm just stating I guess facts. that's sort of a fact. All right. Well, we thank everybody for listening this week. Don't forget, look for us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On or at Got Your Ears. Check out our website, too, GotYourEarsOn.com. We'll be back next week with another show talking about the Kansas game, breaking down this bowl game that's going to happen on New Year's Eve, all of that fun stuff. So make sure you tune in, download, and like. We'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got Your Ears On.